Welcome to the Cybersecurity TLDR Show, where we save you time by providing you the too-long-didn't-read summary of cybersecurity topics and news. You can find us on YouTube with video and all the popular podcasting platforms for audio on the go. Now let's get over to your host, John Good. Welcome, 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 and welcome to this week's show. My name is John Good, and I am your host, and this is the Cybersecurity TLDR Show with your weekly recap of news from March 27th, 2022 to April 2nd, 2022. Now, it looks like a lot of people are enjoying the show so far, and that's awesome. Keep watching. Keep coming back. Show your friends. We've had great support so far. Let's grow this place. All right. So starting out here with major headlines. So first headline I have. Okta, we made a mistake delaying the lapses hack disclosure. So if you remember last week, we talked a lot about the Okta hack and how the, the lapses group, they gathered a bunch of information from different companies and Okta kind of, you know, uh, we, we didn't get hacked kind of thing, right? Well, also, just before we talk about that, if you go over to my main channel under John Good on YouTube, I've actually made a kind of comedic short about how CEOs these days seem to really be reacting. So I would definitely check that short out. But Okta admitted that they made a mistake about delaying the disclosure of the lapses hacking incident that took place in January, which is what this is kind of all about. Now, one of the key things here that happened was this uh, Cytel customer support engineer, which is like a third-party engineer uh, support system or support company that they used, somebody hacked into one of their accounts. And basically, it was an unsuccessful attack. They brought in a forensics firm to further do an investigation. And Okta didn't really dig that much into it past that. Now, one of the things that you have to be aware of if you're dealing with other companies, you've got to do your due diligence. You can't just say, well, ugh, they, they have all the security, and so it's all them, right? The buck stops with their network. That's not going to work. You have to do your due diligence with other companies that you're dealing with. It's not just about your own company, especially if they're dealing with customer data and things like that, or there's that possibility. You have to follow up. You have to do this stuff. Now, Okta's share price actually suffered a huge hit because of this. They lost almost 20% of their stock price in the stock market in less than a week. That is a gigantic dip. And that just shows that people don't trust them, especially with how they've handled it. It's just, you know, it makes sense to me. Another big headline, hackers remotely start and unlock Honda Civics with $300 in tech. That's pretty crazy. Now, CVE 2022-27254, discovered by a student at the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth, and someone with the handle hacking into your heart. Uh, according to the researchers, various Honda vehicles send the same unencrypted RF signal for each door open, door close, boot open, and remote start. This allows an attacker to eavesdrop on that request and conduct a replay. Basically, what it's saying is it allows an attacker to capture that communication, so that sequence, and then they can just replay it. They can reuse it. And anytime you can replay or reuse some kind of sequence like that and actually get a reaction or get it to kind of process, that's a big deal. Now, 
obviously we're talking about Honda Civics. We're not talking about Maseratis or, you know, something crazy like that. But, you know, we're talking about very common cars. So why would somebody go after these super high-end cars when they can do very common cars and they can affect a lot of them? And then the big deal, obviously, is that you can spend somewhere between $300 and $400. I looked it up for the actual device that you need. So it's pretty inexpensive. And then, of course, you need a laptop to do it. But the rest of the stuff is free and open source software. And this just shows that car manufacturers, especially, you know, the the standard kind of car manufacturers, the Hondas, the Fords, I'm sure, things like that, they're not putting a lot of security into their technology. Now, obviously, there's a cost benefit analysis that has to go on here because if it's super expensive to put in that technology, it might not be worth the effort or the hassle to put it in. But, you know, when the car manufacturers, they've gotten really good at manufacturing cars at low cost because the assembly lines and all this stuff. So when you're producing mass scale like that, you should be able to reduce a lot of the cost on some of this stuff. So just an interesting thing, but especially if you're looking to get into like ethical hacking or anything like that. And some of these, you know, different areas, these emerging technology areas, that's a pretty interesting area and pretty cool experimental kind of thing that you could try, you know, at home. Let's see here. Precursor malware infection may be a sign that you're about to get ransomware says a startup. So with ransomware and attacks in general, usually what you notice is not the first activity. Usually there's some kind of precursor activity or something that happens leading up to that because attackers will they'll gather some reconnaissance information and they'll take a look around your network and they'll just see what you have before they actually do the attack because that increases their success rate. Now with ransomware, it's no different. So this is where zero trust architecture is really important. Now, if you're not familiar with that, Basically, it's the idea of assuming that you're already compromised and so nothing on the internal networks trusts each other. It always has to verify because traditionally what happens is once you get in through the firewall, so past the firewall, everything kind of trusts each other, right? It's assumed that it's a trusted device or a trusted server, something like that. And so zero trust, because all these companies are getting hacked, actually assumes that they're already compromised. So it's definitely a shift in how things are being done in security and how the security mindset is changing. Um, Russia and Ukraine. There's still a lot of articles going on with this, of course, and there's going to be into the future. But most severe cyber attack since Russian invasion crashes Ukraine internet provider. So basically, a cyber attack was able to take out a Ukrainian telecommunications company called uh, Urk Telecom. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but... UKR Telecom. And, you know, that's a pretty big deal. If you can take out some critical infrastructure or, you know, a telecommunications company that a lot of people are using, all of that kind of stuff can really cripple a country, a company, you know, lots of companies, several countries if they're connected. And so that's definitely very interesting. And that kind of piggybacks on what we talked about last week with making the space sector a critical piece of uh, critical infrastructure industry. And, you know, these things where a lot of people are using them and they're very important, they have to be protected. They just have to. Now, Google ordered Russian, uh, Russian translators not to call the war in Ukraine a war. 
So if you're not familiar a lot with Russia, they and them and other countries that are in similar kinds of situations, they definitely try to censor what people see, what people hear about. And basically, when your company with employees in another country, you have to abide by those laws. You can't just be like, well, you know, we'll save our employees. That's not going to fly. And so in Russia, they have this, you know, basically idea or mindset that you're not going to talk bad about government and do certain things. Freedom of speech is very limited. And so instead of referring to it as a war, Google has actually told their translation company contractors to start referring as the conf- to the conflict as extraordinary circumstances. Now, that is definitely an attempt to censor what people are hearing. But remember, you have to abide by those laws. So if you're going to have people that are working for you in other countries, whether it's Russia or whatever, right, you have to actually abide by those laws. Ukraine destroys five bot farms that were spreading panic among citizens. They found these bot farms that were aimed at scaring Ukrainian citizens, and they had capacity of at least 100,000 accounts to spread misinformation and fake news surrounding Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Again, another attempt to censor or alter what's being said, what's being heard. And if you're familiar at all with some of these major wars that happened in the past, right, like your, your World War II and stuff like that, right, um, one of the things that you'll see in some of the, the histo- historical pieces of information is that uh, propaganda efforts, right? Dropping leaflets of paper with certain information on them into areas that are oppressed. And, you know, just, um, just a propaganda effort, right? Like you're trying to shape something certain, a certain narrative. And if you can spread misinformation and fake news, just like we're seeing over the last several years with things like Facebook and Twitter, I mean, if you can do that at scale, that's a serious issue because these social media outlets and platforms, they're used by so many people that even like YouTube, you know, you're, you're talking about getting information in front of maybe millions of people, billions of people, right? And if you can do that effectively, you can definitely... Uh, and consistently, frequently, you can definitely shape how people think. So that's that's pretty dangerous. Yandex is sending iOS users data to Russia. Now, Yandex is a Russian tech company, and they are taking information that they've collected from iOS apps. So their, their tool specifically is uh, Yandex API App Metrica, and it's used for analytics data. But it's involved with 52,000 apps that are on the iOS store. So that includes messaging apps, location sharing tools, and VPN apps. And they're taking the information and sending it off to the Russian government. And under Russian law, companies are compelled to make the data accessible to the Russian government. So you might remember last year there was some discussion about TikTok and its involvement with China and their government and a very similar thing, right? But if you're going to start using applications, you know, I, w- I would take a look at this and just see kind of where your data is going. And this applies to companies too, right? If you're providing other companies' data or you're using other companies' tools, you know, where are they at? Where are they located? Where's their headquarters? Who do they do business with? Because all that stuff matters. 
Hacked WordPress sites force visitors to DDoS Ukrainian targets. So hackers are attacking WordPress sites and they are using them to perform DDoS attacks against Ukrainian websites. Again, this is going to be going on for a long time. This is not going to be a short time thing. And we've seen Russia amp up their cyber attacks over the last several years. And this is just really targeted at Ukraine, obviously. Uh, Biden budget request big increase or request big increase for cybersecurity. So a lot of the federal government is requesting for more funding, and that's great. So the federal civilian agencies are going to get $10.9 billion for cybersecurity in 2023's budget. That's 11% increase from 2022. Defense Department is going to get $11.2 billion for unclassified cyber operations. And then there's some other ones that are listed too that are getting increases. But again, you know, you look at this whole Russian-Ukraine conflict, that's a serious issue. If government sites, government entities get hacked, that's a big deal. So we have to up our cybersecurity. And this has kind of been ongoing. You know, you've seen a lot of stuff in the news about the U.S. government increasing their cyber resiliency. So this is not, this is not super new, but just the amount is pretty extensive. Uh, and then Lapsus and SolarWinds hackers both use the same trick to bypass multi-factor authentication. And basically, uh, the deal is that a lot of companies aren't migrated to the new FIDO2 standard, which is the the most secure version of multi-factor authentication. And, you know, just as a company, it's an interesting debate because some companies will wait to the last minute until they're really forced to upgrade or to transition. And... You know, especially when it comes to security kind of things, you have to be more conscious of that and you have to be more uh, proactive in your your transition and your roadmap because that's one of those things where it can definitely affect you. So as far as vulnerabilities, uh, critical Sophos firewall vulnerability allows remote code execution. So this was actually a CVSS score of 9.8, so pretty serious that needs to be fixed. Uh, CVE 2022 uh, dash 1030, this allows remote attacker who can access the firewalls, user portal, or web admin interface to bypass authentication and execute arbit- arbitrary code. So again, fix this. This was reported in a bug bounty program, though. So if you're looking to learn more about web application security or just kind of get your name out there, definitely check out the bug bounty programs by different companies because... You know, these, these companies will pay you to help them research things and find vulnerabilities. And then you can put that on your resume if you're new or if you're just trying to accelerate your career. So it's a great opportunity. Uh, Google issues emergency fix for Chrome Zero Day. So this is the second Zero Day that uh, they found in Chrome this year. First was used by North Korean threat actors. So they targeted specific news media organizations, domain registers, software vendors, and web hosting providers. Uh, Emotet, Emotet, not sure if I'm saying that right. Emotet, E-M-O-T-E-T is back. So this is a uh, banking Trojan that was used to download other malware like TrickBot and Ice ID, uh, Ice ID, and uh, as first saw in 2014 and taken down in 2021, but it has come back at the end of 2021, so November 2021 and into 2022. Big deal is that it is modular, so. You know, malware is getting pretty sophisticated. If you can make it modular and you can, you know, give it a lot of capability, then it's definitely pretty dangerous. 
So this is one to definitely watch and just be aware of. Log4 Shell. Well, that's one we haven't heard a ton about lately as far as since the uh, original declaration of it being a vulnerability, but it's been exploited to infect VMware Horizon servers with backdoors and uh, crypto miners. So basically what's happening is uh, attackers are using it to get into these servers and then they're setting up crypto miners. That's kind of been going on for a little bit as far as you know attackers getting into infrastructure and trying to set up these crypto miners. And um, if I recall right, uh, Lug4 uh, Shell was directly connected to that originally when it was first talked about. So uh, Wisecam Flaw lets hackers remotely uh, access your saved videos. So on Wisecams, you can actually access videos that are saved on a uh, memory card. For almost three years, this has been a vulnerability that's existed. So, you know, pretty, pretty dangerous if you're using Wisecams. Uh, let's see here. Other news. New Windows security feature blocks vulnerable drivers. So Windows is using Windows Defender Application Control, WDAC, and a vulnerable driver block list to block drivers. So if you're not familiar with drivers, if you get some malicious drivers, you know, that can be really bad because that controls a lot of the stuff that's going on in your actual uh, operating system. So uh, this software, it works on Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows Server 16 and above with hypervisor protected code integrity, HVCI enabled, and Windows 10 systems in S mode. So basically, it's just making sure that only trusted drivers can run and apps too. Uh, so there's an article about LinkedIn profile faces might be computer generated. So if you've been on social media at all, you've probably seen some fake profiles, fake pictures, and that can, especially on LinkedIn, that can be dangerous because you know, once you can start uncovering people's connections and you can start gathering a bunch of this data and start, you know, really using that as an analytics tool, that can be really bad. Um, there were some companies that were using it for disinformation campaigns and some are, uh, some other companies were using it to sell products. And if somebody responded, then they would get a real salesperson on the line. So, you know, fake, fake profile headshots that... I would say always be careful on social media and try to do your research, you know, see, see if it looks like somebody's legitimate, but sometimes it can be really hard to pick these out. So uh, ransomware attacks soar by hundred percent in 2021. And there's some blame going on on cyber insurance because people are obviously offloading that onto their insurance providers because, you know, they're like, well, I, I have insurance. I don't have to deal with this. So, that's not true, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, you need to be careful with ransomware and any attacks in general, you need to do the standard security stuff and go beyond that. But, you know, even companies of all sizes, they struggle with even just some of the basics of security. So things like the, the CSC, uh, or CIS top 18 controls. Now it is, um, you know, things like hardware inventory, software inventory, stuff like this is, you know, relatively basic, but I mean, companies are still struggling with that stuff. So we need to do better. We need to not just completely rely on cyber insurance. Hopefully as we get more people trained up in cybersecurity and some of this, um, this job shortage gap kind of starts getting filled, hopefully things start to get better and improve. Uh, more fake typo squatting Twitter accounts asking for a Ukraine 
cryptocurrency donations. Um, so there are some fake Twitter accounts that are impersonating Ukrainian officials and they're asking for cryptocurrency donations. Pretty much if you're getting asked for cryptocurrency, uh, it's probably a scam, right? Because I, I have yet to hear something legitimate for the most part when it's not a known company, right? Like I've heard of some known companies saying that they'll allow you to use cryptocurrency. You have like uh, Tesla who's saying that you could potentially buy a car with cryptocurrency. But when it's unknown companies or unknown people or, you know, it just it seems suspicious, especially like this for donations. I mean, that's just not something that I would expect to be tied to cryptocurrency. Usually that, that should signal that there is an issue here. Uh, one in four victims who fell the cyber, uh, cyber attacks lost their jobs. So, and that's in the last 12 months. And it's saying that they took some action or mistake that compromised their company's security. You know, getting rid of employees is not always the best solution. And it's expensive to replace people, right? It's expensive, expensive to get them trained up and to fully function. And so when they leave, uh, obviously you can't control necessarily if they're going to just quit. But if you're actually showing them the door, especially when it's related to security, you know, I think you have to be careful, especially with training, because even security professionals will do things sometimes that, you know, they, they kind of get tricked, right? Like it, it happens. It's human nature. And that's what attackers are going for. So we really want to train employees more than we want to just show them the door and say, well, nope, you violated that policy. You're, you know, you're no good to us anymore. There's the door. So that's one, that's definitely one thing that I would say with that. Uh, also over two fifths of respondents said that distraction and fatigue were reasons for failing, uh, for phishing attacks, which again, you know, that, that makes sense. You know, if you expect people to work, uh, extremely fast, if you expect them to you know, work extra, all these kind of things can distract them. It can cause fatigue. They also said that half of employees in the report sent emails to the wrong person because they were under pressure to send the email quickly. So that is a social engineering tactic where, you know, you can use the, the expediency of something and force somebody into making a decision, which, you know, a lot of times might be the wrong decision to quickly send off an email because they don't want to upset one of the chiefs, uh, the chief executives in the organization or a VP or something like that. Right. So again, education, 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 you have to make strides to actually educate your people. You can't just rely on them to look at the news and kind of be aware of what's going on. And then a dental practice was fined for sharing patient data on social media. Now this one is silly, right? So a patient left a negative review on the company's, uh, on the practice's Google page. Then they responded with saying the accusations were unstantiated and named the patient, his symptoms, and the treatment that they recommended, but they didn't provide it. Are you serious? That's just crazy, especially for a healthcare provider or a, dent a dental practice. It's like, really? Um, no, that's so bad. They probably did not have a security person in their company, but you know, disclosing customer data, especially like that where you're giving like specifics and especially with healthcare information, that's just ridiculous. You cannot do that and 
you know, it's, it's really, really bad. So, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for that practice. If it wasn't the, you know, the owners or something, it's embarrassing for the patient potentially, depending on what it was. But, you know, all that information needs to be kept secure. And I think in general, you know, the, a lot of companies are kind of being laxed a lot of times with how they handle data from customers and whether that's individuals, so end user consumers, or if that's companies, you know, so third party companies, it, it's just silly. You have to do a better job of protecting the data. You can't just be laxed, right? You have to be very, very careful with how you're handling that data and where you're providing it. So some good news this week for sure. But those are really the main things that I wanted to hit on because, you know, I, I think that especially like the Russian-Ukraine thing, the um, the conflict that's going on there, you know, that that's going to be an ongoing thing. And I'm thinking that's going to show up in a lot of these news recaps because it, it's just not going away. It's going to continue for a while. And then if it's not Russia-Ukraine, it might be Russia and somebody else or, you know, other countries. But today nation states and countries are definitely, you know, trying to utilize cyber professionals and cyber attacks and things like that in all kinds of ways. Right. And so it's something that as a security professional, you have to be aware of, you have to be, you know, cognizant of what's going on and it just will make you more aware. You know, a lot of this information, as you learn it, some of it you'll retain, some of it you won't, but you know, if you hear about things and then you hear something weird, then that can kind of help you tune in to, you know, investigating more and just being a more aware professional. So remember, train your employees and um, check out check out my other YouTube channel for that short about the, the Okta hack. It's it's sad, but it's true, and that's you know how so many executives and companies are responding when they get hacked, and hopefully we can change that, but you know only time will tell. That's it for this week. This is John Good, your host again. You can find this on YouTube for the video replay. You can also find us on all the major podcasting platforms if you'd rather listen there, and until next time. I'll see you later.